Hey, this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Uninvited, yet it still arrives. Unapologetic, in the wake of all it will disturb. Its presence seeks an audience. Its power strives to be seen, and its noise demands to be heard. Look at me, it shouts. Be afraid of what damage I may do. Watch as my wind howls, breaking anything that seeks to stand in its way. This storm intrudes, invades, interrupts. It is void of care. It has no intention of cleaning up any of its devastation. storm we see in the natural is only rivaled by the storm that is sent in the spiritual. This storm also roars, but its prey is far more sinister. This storm, the storm of life, feeds off our fears and seeks to destroy our destinies. These storms are assignments of darkness to bring adversity and cause upheaval to disorient and confuse, to kill, steal, and destroy. The storms of challenge and conflict, the violent winds of pain and hardship, storms that threaten relationships and play on insecurities. No one is immune from the storms of life, from the bad news, the testing times, loss and abuse, from the betrayal, disappointment, anxiety or torment, we all have storms. But when did we forget that we all have a voice? You have the words to silence the winds. You have the confession to calm the confusion. You have the light to illuminate the dark. Your storm may be on the horizon. found their situation suddenly change. Remember the story when they were in a storm. The storm ripped through the calm and it began to rage. Out of nowhere, the simple boat journey became the most testing trial. The wind blew and the waves grew. The storm threw some into panic. They allowed fear to speak and lost sight of the fight. Others, they couldn't see a way out and so began to entertain doubt. Yet, there was one. There was one that was asleep, asleep in the storm. It 
did its best to disturb him, but he slept. Woken by those who had let fear take a hold, Jesus spoke. To the storm, he said, be still. To the chaos, he spoke calm. To the fearful, he spoke faith. And to the dark, he brought light. Jesus spoke, and the storm surrendered. You have the same power to bring order, and you have the words to advance and take on the warfare. Don't allow your voice to be silenced by the storm. Wake up, worship, declare his goodness, sing of his faithfulness, speak his peace and wage war with the words of life. The greatest miracles can happen in the storm. The miracles of our awakening to the power that is so often dormant within. Miracles happen when we speak to the storm, when we answer back to its threat with boldness and trust. Miracles are found when the word is spoken out loud, drowning out the lies with the declaration of truth. The miracle is in your mouth. that God has given you a voice to stand against anything that this world may throw at you. Any disappointment, discouragement, disease, he's given you a voice to stand in the middle of a storm. Now, as you look around the world today, you may see storms. I know that as I was watching the news last night, as we're preparing to uh, leave town for a few days, I was watching the storm move across the country. And I'm thinking, I don't want to be delayed by de-icing of the plane, although I'm glad they do it. Um, I don't want to be delayed by any of these things. I, I was watching the storm come across the states coming to Ohio. And I was, I was watching the storm and I was seeing that our, our estimated snowfall went from two to four to four to six. And then around three o'clock this morning, they even said nine to 11. And I rebuked that. And, uh, and I think it's four to six now. But as I was watching the storm move, it brought me to understanding of what we're looking at in our country. What we're looking at in the church as a whole. And that is that storms are always moving. 
The storm that you are in today is not the storm that you will be in tomorrow. There is always an end to the storm. By tonight at 10 o'clock, the storm will be gone. The effects of the storm may be here for a while, but there is a day coming after your night. There is light coming out of darkness. And the Lord promises us in Scripture over and over and over that there are seasons. And I believe that the church today is in a season of a storm that we didn't see coming. We weren't watching it on the meteorological screen. We, we didn't see it coming because it's not right. It's not right. It's not the will of the Lord that we would be in this position. But it is the will of man that is surpassed and put us in a challenging position today. So as we go throughout this series, I want to go back to this acronym. And the acronym should give you hope today. And the acronym for STAND is simply trust and never doubt. You see, in a season of a storm, it's easy to doubt the word. It's easy to doubt the dream. It's easy to doubt the vision that God has given you when the world and the storm is raging on the outside. But God calls us to stand. God calls us to stand in the relationship that we may be looking at that seems so distraught and disturbing. He's asking us to stand when the government looks in chaos. He's asking us to stand when the relationship looks hopeless. He says, stand. And thank the Lord that he stood for you and me. So as we go, out, go throughout this series, we're going to have multiple speakers. We're going to have multiple things happen. But what I want to encourage you to always go back to is simply trust and never doubt what he said to you. The scriptures tell us that his word goes forth and it never returns void. What he told you is already complete. It's our job to begin what he already completed. As I was watching the, the clock tick, because I'm so excited to be in warmer weather, I was watching the clock tick in the middle of the night. I was watching the, mo the most precious thing that we have disappear in front of my eyes. You see, time is the greatest commodity of all mankind. And as I was watching the minutes tick away and watching the snow count go up, I was thinking about the time that has been wasted in each of our lives. The time, the greatest commodity that we've been given on the earth that has been ticked away because of choices that we make. You see, you are sitting here today, the result of the choices of your time in 2020. You look the way you look because of the choices of how you spent your time in 2020. You know what you know because of the choices that you made with your time in 2020. You see, the world is not fair. Life is not fair. Some people have different levels of money. Some people have different levels of health. But we all have the same amount of time. And so for decades and maybe even centuries, the church has had the same commodity that the world has had. The same commodity of time to impact Everyone on the planet. Have we used it wisely? Have we used it to our advantage? 
You see, time is a currency of life. Time is a currency of life because you've heard how do you spend your time. Time is a currency and currency purchases things. And if you spend your time correctly, you can purchase things. What are you purchasing? I remember a long time ago, whenever I was in high school, it seems like forever ago, I remember a a teacher in high school uh, was teaching in one of the classes one day and he said, I would like to come into your life when you're 35 or 40. Hence, why I probably remember that that day. And he said, I want to surprise you and I want to grab a hold of your calendar. And I want to see how you're spending your time. Because the habits and plans that you make today will impact what the calendar looks like in the future. The more you surrender to the Lord when you're 16, 17, 18, 25, 40 will determine what your life looks like as you go older. So what you look like in 2022 will determine, be determined by what you're spending your time on today. So for the first 31 days, this is the 31st day of the month of January, for 31 days, every single day, minus one or two where the computer messed up, you've gotten a text from our leadership team, and you've gotten a devotion reading through scripture every single day. We have accomplished so much. The the chapters and the, the books that we've gone through in just one month of spending just a little time together has changed the trajectory of your life but only if you click the button, but only if you took the time to watch. Planning is the greatest protection from wasting time. You know, I would, I'm the one that scheduled these things to come out, and I would look for that text to come at nine o'clock. I wanted it to be seven, so it would get you all up, but we made it nine. But I would look and anticipate that nine o'clock text coming so that I could take some time and hear the truth of what others had received from the word. And that planning protected me from wasting time. That planning protected me from losing the greatest commodity there is for humankind. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for your life. But it will only be realized if you submit to it. You see, the winds of change are blowing in your life today. The winds of change are blowing in our nation today. Have you been planning? Have you been designating time? I love this truth and it's written on t-shirts and sweatshirts and it's put on the walls of houses and it's in classrooms and it's, it's everywhere and you probably have it written and highlighted in your Bible over and over and over. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, you can say it with me, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans, declares the Lord, to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You see, God has a plan for your life. But you can't access that plan until you plan to be with him. And so oftentimes this scripture is declared and presented and, oh, God's got a plan for me, but we don't have time to plan to be with him so we don't ever access his plan. Yes, he has a plan for you. It was written in a book before the foundation of the world. And your days were put in that book and all the great things of your destiny were there. 
but you won't access it if you don't plan to be with him. Because the plans that are made to save you from wasting time in your life are revealed in communion with him. And so as I was laying watching the clock tick, I began to think about what plans have been thwarted in my life because of storms. You see, plans stop you from wasting time. But when you have a plan, the enemy wants to invade your plan with his time. He wants to stop your plan because he knows that if you have a plan, God has promised that he'll reveal his plan for you. And so the storms come. Now, some of the storms that we've all had together are a worldwide global pandemic. They're financial chaos. There are political storms that have happened in this country. There are political storms happening all over the world right now. There are movements of the enemy that are engaged to distract you from the plan that God has for you. Are you prioritizing and planning? You know, we can talk about plans and, you know, normally the first Sunday of the year we sit down and we talk about the plans for the new year and hopefully you were here, you, you heard what we're doing and where we're aiming and this one-on-one -on -one doing life together is the core of what the Lord is calling us to do and I'm so excited about that but if we only talk about plans and we never talk about the storms, then we will be blindsided by the enemy. And he doesn't want us to be blindsided by the enemy. The Lord wants us to know that there are storms on the horizon. And I speak to you right now, and I tell you that the storms that you've experienced so far this year and last year are just the beginning. I'm not declaring anything, I'm not proclaiming anything over this country, but I know in my heart that things will get stormier. I believe that we are going to have to really understand the plans that he has for us so that we can navigate the storms that are coming to us. And 2021 is not a year of, of just this global, we're gonna see, we may see may, mega, mega, mega awakening all around the world. We may see that. But I believe that 2021 is the year of the local church, the local church that has heard the word of the Lord, that is ready to walk out the plan that he has for us, and that says the storms of the world are not going to distract us from the plan that he has for our lives. Now, it's interesting. A storm can come in many different ways. How many of you have ever been in a hurricane? Do you realize there's hands all over the room? Do you realize that a hurricane is just natural things coming together to make a bad thing? There's natural things coming together. I love the wind when I'm sitting on the beach in Florida and it keeps me cool. I don't like the wind when it comes at 120 mile an hour and knocks over everything and destroys things. I like the water when it's nice and warm and I can drink it and it cools me down. I don't like the water when it floods property. Now, there's, we don't get that around here. Maybe once in a while we get some effects of a hurricane, but what do we get? We get tornadoes and 
other kinds of storms. The interesting thing is all the devastation that comes that we experience on the earth that we call a storm are just natural things that have come together to stop normal life. Now, there may be some things that have happened in your life this year Already, in the, in the month that we've had already, there may have been storms, natural things that have come together to stop normal life. And I believe that if we don't talk about these storms, they have power over us. As you heard in the spoken word, which I love, and I listen to that a lot, because it gives me hope. That we have the voice to stop the storm. We have the, the power. We have the declaration to reshape the atmosphere. But we have to understand that we will go through storms. And the other thing that I know about storms is that there are certain months of the year in which storms are more readily happening. So they call it a hurricane season in the south. They call it a hurricane season. Well, I love that they call it a hurricane season because a hurricane season means that there's an end to a season and that when the season is over, we don't have to think about the storms for a little while. God wants us to live in seasons. The scriptures tell us all about seasons, doesn't it? So what is a storm in your life. We've experienced storms together as family. We've experienced storms of the loss of people in our church and we've experienced the storms of, of this pandemic and the changes that had to happen and all the different things going on in the world. We've experienced those together but you've experienced storms in your own life that maybe no one else around you today has experienced this year. So a storm is a temporary convergence of natural currents and the elements reacting and impacting the environment, impacting the normal course of life. A collision of known elements in unexpected ways. Have you been approached this year or even last year in unexpected ways? Maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a, a job situation, maybe it's a, another challenge that has come upon you and affected you in unexpected ways. We've all been through storms. We've all had issues with employment. We've all had issues with relationships. And what I want to encourage you today is never make a permanent decision. Never make a permanent decision in a time of temporary problems. You see, I hear all the time, and I listen to all of it, believe me. I've been down the conspiracy roads. I get it. March 3rd's a big day. Whatever. But if we make permanent decisions about our life and what we're going to do with it off of temporary conditions that we see that may not be favorable, we're going to change the direction of our life, and we may not be able to get it back. And that's why I... I I've got lots of friends that are going down all those roads, but what I continue to come back to is this. I want to know what every side is thinking. But more than that, I want to know and hear and know the plan of the Lord for my life and for this house. Now, do I believe that God's hand is on this country? You better believe it. Do I believe terrible things are going on? You better believe it. 
But what do you do when everything collapses in the middle of a storm? What do you do when every expectation that you had is not being fulfilled? What do you do when everything that you've banked on is gone? And all you have is the voice of the Lord. I'm here to tell you it will get worse. It's going to get worse. But the voice of the Lord is still true. The voice of the Lord is still right there, steady, every day. God says this in Genesis 8.22, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Everybody say with me, day and night. In your day, you're going to find that in your life, they're going to have some nighttime. But thank goodness, there's a morning coming. In the church, there's going to be times of persecution, but thank the Lord, there's morning coming. Yes, and in your life, you're going to have times when you don't see the end of the road and it's all cloudy, but there's morning coming. There's morning coming. Ezekiel 34, 26 says this, I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing, and I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessing. We know that song. I love that song. Showers. I'm not going to sing for you. I love that song, but I think that we've mistaken it that we will always live in blessing. It says in their season, there will be showers of blessing. Do I believe that we should be living in an anointed life, that we should live a healthy life every single day? Yes, but I also believe that the Lord allows us to go through storms in our life to reveal some things about us. You know, one of the things that I know about storms is that when they pass through, things get revealed. Things get revealed. I believe that the church is in a season of the separation of the sheep and the goats. There's going to be some revealing of who is actually in the game and who has just been playing the game. And it's going to be obvious to the world. So these seasons, it says in there in Ezekiel 34, that the showers to come down in their season and they will be showers of blessing. That means to tell me that there is a season that is controlled by God and oh, thank the Lord, I have peace about that. That God is in control of the seasons. And if God is in control of the seasons, then nothing that is sent to harm me will harm me if I'm in fellowship with him. The greatest blessing in life is that it's seasonal. Now, I know there's people that don't live in a seasonal climate, and I can do away with winter, although it does kill the bugs if it gets cold enough, so I'm good with that. But we understand in the north that there are seasons that we go through, and we just have to hold on for another 60 days, people. And we're going to start to see some green grass come back. And we're going to get rid of all the salt on the road. And we're going to get back to growth. And I believe that the season that the church is going through now is the weeding out of the dead branches. And the church will be stronger as we enter the spring season. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. The key to life 
If you, if you take one thing out of here, take this. The key to life is outlasting the season. Maybe you're in a season of sickness. You're, the key to your life is outlast that season by one day because there is another season coming. Outlast your season. Now, what does that mean, pastor? You say, why, what are you saying outlast my season? Well, sometimes you have to stand and know that the Lord said there's another season coming. And if we don't stand on that word, we will crumble in the season that we're in. This is so important to you if you're in a dark moment this morning. There are seasons beyond the season that you're in. You see, sometimes, and this is my own testimony, sometimes in dark times in our life, we think that that's a permanent address that we have to live in forever. That when the turmoil of life comes and and rests upon us and we're in the word and we're trying to be there, but there's some discouragement that creeps in, we sometimes say, well, I guess we're going to live in this address forever because I don't see any hope. I hear that all the time today. The church whining about who's in power. The church whining about what is going to happen tomorrow. We know that this is a season. We know that truth will be, it it will be out there. Every lie will be exposed, scripture says. Everything done in darkness will be revealed in the light. I thank the Lord that here we go. We're going to watch some things happen. Man, darkness is rampant, but man, when that light comes on and God says, now's the time to reveal everything, woo! So I want to say to you again, never make a permanent choice because of a temporary situation. There are some people that are talking about making permanent choices with their life because of a temporary trial that they're going through right now. I know some people that have gone through some And I'm just going to say it. They've gone through hell in their marriage. But they're about to make a permanent decision on a temporary circumstance. There is another season if you get before the Lord and you find out his plan for you. So I'm going to give you these points quickly. What are storms? They're temporary. We've said that, right? They come and they go. They're natural. It's natural elements that come together to form something that disturbs normal life. They're natural. You're going to experience storms. As I was watching the radar tick across my phone, I, I know that storms are moving. Storms are moving. And thinking about what might happen when we fly out, I was thinking, this storm might force us to change our plans. There are storms in your life that force you to change plans. They expose weakness. Storms expose weakness. I I remember watching the, the, the storms go through Louisiana. And there were houses that stood and houses that didn't stand. There were trees that stood and trees that didn't stand. And the trees that didn't stand, it was amazing to watch on television that the trees that didn't stand had an interior rottenness. A storm will always expose weakness. 
I believe that the church in America right now is in a storm, and that storm will reveal weakness, but it will also determine what is strong. It will also restore you to an original state. Now, I can't talk about hurricanes because I've never been through one, but one thing I know about a thunderstorm in Ohio is this. When it goes through, and it's gone, and, and it's just a little sprinkle left over, right? I want to, I, my first thing I do is go out on the front porch and go, oh, it refreshes what was dirty. Storms will clean the atmosphere and bring you back to your foundation. The storms that the church is facing now and the reason why I believe so strongly that we are already entered into an awakening that we've never seen upon the planet is because it will bring us back to our first love. It will bring us back to God more powerful, more strong than we've ever been with Him. It will also remind us of our mortality. Nothing reminds you more of your mortality than when the windows are shaking and the room is moving and... There's a threat upon you. So what is the purpose of the storms that we see in our life? What is the purpose of the experiences that we have in our life when we're pushing ahead with the plans and then a storm comes in? What is the purpose? I think sometimes it can restore balance. It can restore balance to who we are because we stop for a moment. We pause, we look, and we say, listen, that plan I have, I was going after it with everything that I have in me, but I was out of balance, and I need to stop for a second and get myself back in balance. I remember in high school, I was playing soccer, and uh, we, were, we, were playing, uh, we were playing three on three in a half-field half uh thing and and doing ball handling drills and I ran with everything I had to stop the principal's son from scoring and I stepped out and whenever I stepped out to stop the ball I landed on his foot and you know when you put microwave popcorn in the in the microwave and you hit start and then about a minute and a half later you hear pop 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 that's what I heard whenever I stepped on his foot I remember hearing pop 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 and then that was it I was on the ground and for over five, six weeks, I was out of balance. My life was out of balance. Everything I did was out of balance. I had something on my ankle, and, and everything I did seemed like I was a little tilted. When you go through a storm in life, it will help you to regain your balance so that you can function with optimal performance if you allow to yourself to learn from the storm. We talked about it. It will cleanse the environment. Nothing's better than smelling the fresh air after a storm. It removes pollution. Come on, the things you're going through in your life, it's removing pollution. It's removing the false understanding of who God is. It's removing your false relationship in certain areas of your life. It's also exposing decay. We can expect storms... And if we harness what we understand through the storm, it will expose the decay in our lives so that we can heal. 
I love it that the Lord always, always, always goes for restoration in our lives. When we sin, as Pastor Sean demonstrated last week, it's just, it's not condemnation. It's, come on, let's go. We got things to do. Come on, just put it under the blood. Let's go. Even the decay in our lives. He says, listen, I know it's been rotten for 27 years, but let's get it under the blood. Let's go, and we got things to do. What else will it do? It tests our strength. It tests your strength. It tests your walk. Every time a storm comes, it tests your foundation. Now, yes, after six weeks, I was restored and I was back in balance and I was ready to go. And, and I remember that year, I missed all of basketball practice leading up to the season. And I was frustrated. Because I, I love soccer and that was great. But basketball was where, that was, my, that was my deal. I love basketball. And I had to miss practice and everything, and then, finally, the boot comes off. And now I get to go strength and test and do all that stuff, and I remember going in and trying to dunk for the first time. I know, I know, it's hard to believe, but I could at one time. <laughs> put the ball through the rim without it touching the rim and not standing on anything. <laughs> but I remember the first time I jumped, I was hesitant because I was like, is it going to hold? Is it going to pop again? Some of you in your life right now, you've been through so many storms lately, you're just trying to test out whether you're going to fall apart. You're trying to test out whether what God said is true. And you're like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Trust the foundation. Trust the foundation. I know that you've all watched TV, so you'll get this, but there's a thing in basketball when you're playing defense called taking a charge. And that means the offensive player blatantly, because I'm a great, I love defense, but they blatantly run into you and then you just stand your ground. And most of the time, they land on top of you, and it's not fun. But there's something about learning how to take a charge that I learned whenever I was in fifth grade. And that is, as far down the floor as you see them coming, you plant those feet, and you don't move. If they go around you, so what? They score two points. If they hit you, they get a foul. You probably go to the other end, get the ball, and it's just a good thing. And so all through my, from fifth grade all the way up, in the beginning I was like, you know, the, the soccer players that fall down when they get touched, you know? You know, you ever watch that on TV? I mean, they, somebody runs by them and stomps real hard and they fall down and they're hurting. No, I'm saying, I, in the beginning I was like that because I didn't want to get hit. Because when you get hit and a 200 pound guy lays on top of you, it doesn't feel so good. Especially scrawny me back in the day and I remember practicing and practicing and practicing learning how to stand I can tell you there was one game there's one game in Medina Ohio and it was the end of the year and 
we had lost in the first game to them in the season. If we won this, we went on to, to do great things. And we only lost two games, I think, that year. And we're in Medina, electric atmosphere, things going on. I go out on the floor. Their star player has four fouls. He can literally dunk up to his elbow in the rim. And he gets a fast break. And I was the point guard. And so I was the last guy back. And I remember he was running and he was, coming, he was coming fast and I set my feet directly in the middle of the lane and I just put my hands up. And he thought he was gonna be awesome and he was awesome, but he thought he was gonna be awesome that moment. And he jumped and all I remember was his thighs right here hitting my chest as we both went backwards and he tried to jump over me. And my heels were in the same spot whenever I was laying on the ground as they were when I was standing up. I just went straight back. And he fouled out. And the last four or five minutes of the game, we ran away with it. There are things that come at you. I, I literally saw him coming thinking, I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm probably going to be hurt. <laughs> and there's some of you here this morning, some of you watching online that have looked at the world and you've anticipated hurt because you haven't practiced standing. I practiced for years on taking that charge. I practiced for years on getting bruises on the back of my elbows and my back and my shoulders and my head. But there's coming a time when you're going to stand in the face of all nonsense and you're going to win but you've got to learn how to stand. You see, exposing the foundation and testing the foundation only comes through practice. And it only comes through walking through things that are difficult. Matthew 7 gives us a clear picture. There are some foundations that are shaky. There's some things in your life this morning that God has allowed things to happen to you because you need to strengthen your foundation. You all know the story. Jesus is talking to this group of people and he says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded upon a rock. I believe that we are going to witness weak-kneed Christians building new foundations because of the love of the family of God who's willing to disciple them, who's willing to say, I don't care if you're 73, we're going to walk with you and we're going to help you build a foundation because there's no better time than right now. I believe there's, there's young people that have had a foundation of craziness, of turmoil, of frustration in their lives, of being moved around and, and just completely frustrated, not finding a home. And because of the love of God and his church, they're going to have a foundation for the first time in their life. But it can't be built on anything less than Jesus Christ. When Jesus was with the disciples and Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he says, upon that revelation, I will build my church. Upon that revelation, I will build something that will never be shaken. 
It is time for the church to rise up to the calling in which we were called to stand in, a, in the midst of any crazy storm that would come. And as soon as I said crazy storm, your minds all went to different things. It's our turn to stand. Now, one of the things that I know about standing is, is that when you do it, it's not the most fun thing for other people to come with you. What I found in life is whenever I stood on the promise of some radical thing that God has told me, that it's pretty lonely. And so you can go out there and you can try and take on the world and you can try to do it by yourself and you might even stand for a season. But there is something about standing with family. There's something about standing with the church family. Now, as we walk with people, as you walk with someone, and as you continue to build the foundation of what God has called you to build in this season, I want you to remember one thing. Foundations are never built accidentally. You see, for decades, the church has been comfortable. We've, we've had everything that we need, and we thank the Lord for it. We just spent an hour up in the prayer room thanking the Lord for heat, and a, a guy who does our sidewalks, and a, guy, a different guy who plows our, our lot, and, and for all of you coming, and all the blessings of being able to walk down the sidewalk in the United States of America, and hold the Bible open, and declare God's kingdom to come in our city. We have that. But what we've forgotten is that it's more important to build the foundation than to enjoy the property. And I'm not talking about the physical property. You know what I'm talking about. Matthew 16, 19 says this, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom. You see, storms provide us with keys to the next season of our life if we recognize them. Storms will give you keys to understanding the next season if you're willing to accept it. It says, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. You have the right to declare your victory over the storm. And the reason why we don't declare victory in times of turmoil and trouble is because we've got weak need foundations. And it's time to get back into the Constitution for our life and to, to understand it's not just reading from January 1st to, to January 31st and allowing Pastor Mike and, and all the rest of us to, to speak into your life and you just receive that. That's a weak foundation. The foundation is that you get into the Word every single day and you allow Him to put brick upon brick of truth in your life so that when the winds of change come, you're stable. So we've been given the keys to the kingdom. Whatever we declare on earth will be declared in heaven. Turn with me to Ephesians 6. This is the core verse for this series. I've said all I've said to this point to lead you to this verse, and this will be the core as we move on throughout this series called Stand. Verse 10 says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God 
that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Can we see that today? So what do we do in times of turmoil and in storms? It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, stand. You see, there's many distractions going around right now. There's many things that you can put your faith in that that would bring hope to you but it's a fainting hope because it's not the Lord. Some people believed in a man, that a man was gonna do something. Some people believed in in a military, that the military was gonna do something. Listen, if we take our focus off of the Lord, we erode our foundation of who he is, and we will sway with the wind of change. It is time for the church to stand So how do we do it? Verse 14, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You see, when you stand, when you stand on truth, when you stand on a solid foundation, you can speak truth boldly. It's not just about the posture of standing. It's not just about how you take the charge. It's about what you're saying in truth to those who are coming against you. You see, I'm ready for a church that is willing to speak truth in every atmosphere, no matter what it costs. I'm I'm ready for a church that's willing to stand up in the public circles and say that's wrong and we're not standing for it. You see, if we'd have done that with Roe versus Wade in the 60s and we would have shut down the country, we wouldn't have what we have today. And over the years, because we haven't utilized the, the platform that God has given the church in this age, we've lost influence in the world. And what he's waiting for What he's waiting for is a church to stand, to simply trust and never doubt what he says. To simply trust and never doubt what he says. Stand with me if you would. These things are these things are burning in me this morning that throughout life we allow the enemy 
to derail the plans that God has for us. That the effectiveness of our ministry can be derailed by the nonsense of the world frustrates me. And the reason is because our foundation is weak. Simply trusting and never doubting is a hard thing. Never is a big word. But you miss 100% of the shots you never take. Right? Gretzky said that. If you never try to stand, never try to not doubt, you miss it. The storms in your life, I, I hope that you journal. I, I really hope you journal. But the storms in your life will always bring to you the keys to the next season. And if you go back and read what the Lord is speaking to you during the times of trial, you will understand what he's preparing for you in the future. And I believe that this will get more intense before it releases because God wants to show his church that we can have dominion over the nonsense of this world, but it's going to take a little pressure. So I want to take a moment and just pray with you today. If there has been anything that you have believed in more than your walk with the Lord, I want you to lay it down this morning. Because he doesn't want you to be distracted by those things. He doesn't want you to be worried about what's going to happen on March 3rd or whatever it is. He doesn't want you to be worried about all that. He wants you to spend the next 45 days focusing on him. And when you do, you'll have a stronger foundation to withstand whatever happens on that date. So our response time today is this. I want you to lay down the things that you've believed in that haven't been of the Lord. And I want you to focus on him this morning and begin to put on the armor that he's given you to wear. You see, when you're focused on the things of this world, you forget to put on the things that he's given you. So Father, today, as we stand before you, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the transformational power of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the kingdom of heaven that is being released upon the earth because of your ambassadors here. We thank you, Lord, that you only died once and your body was only crucified once, so we know that as the church, we aren't going to get crucified again you paid the price for us we thank you for the blood this morning that is forever wet on the mercy seat for us Lord today we confess that we've been distracted as people we've listened to the things of this world and we've lost focus so Lord, we ask for your forgiveness this morning. In every aspect of this, we ask that you would restore us. Restore us today. Father, we lay down every distraction, every weight that the enemy has tried to put on us, and we pick up your yoke, which is easy, and your burden, which is light. We just have to listen to you and do what you say every minute of every day. Simply trust and never doubt.
Lord, we are so excited for what you're doing in this season. And Lord, we know that the seasons change. And we are looking for a vibrant spring, not just in the state of Ohio, but in your church. Grow new things, birth new things, accelerate fruit in your family. We thank you, Lord, and we give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.